Welcome to Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Now, here's your host, Ted Emmett. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Center Ice podcast. I'm your host, Ted Emmett. Thank you for tuning in once again. And hey, happy spring. Feels pretty good to be able to say that. And in the hockey world, spring really only means one thing. It's playoff time. And furthermore than that, it means for the first time since 2019, the Hockey Alberta Provincial Championships presented by ATB are up and running across the province. So pretty exciting to see that again because, well, we're not going to say why, but we know why there was a hiatus. And by the time this comes out, week two of provincials will already be underway and will have crowned four provincial champions already. The Alberta Elite Hockey League's Calgary Buffaloes won the U18 AAA provincial title just a few nights ago, sweeping their best of five championship series, while a pair of Alberta Female Hockey League championships were decided in week one of the provincial championships, with the Olds Grizzlies winning the U15 double a championship and the Edmonton Pandas claiming the U18 AAA provincial title. And the Lakeland Rustlers won the Alberta Junior Female Hockey League Provincial Championship in their inaugural season nonetheless, so congratulations to them there and congratulations to all four of those teams who have won their provincial titles and to the teams who have competed so far. And of course, good luck to all the teams competing in weeks two, three, and four of the provincials. So sticking with the theme of the provincial championships, we're going to chat with John Windwick, who's not only the past chair of the Hockey Alberta Foundation Board, but also the VP of Community Initiatives with ATB, so a great partner of Hockey Alberta's in a number of ways. We'll obviously discuss provincials with him, what they mean to the players and the hockey community in general, his work with the Hockey Alberta Foundation, and then we'll take a little deeper look into Hockey Alberta's partnership with ATB. And this episode, we're going to set a new record for number of guests in one interview on the podcast, or at least Kevin Strybosch is. I believe so far the most we've had in one interview at one time is three people, and Kevin beat that by one, plus 13 more, as he not only hosted a 17-person interview, but pulled it off without a hitch, thanks to some help from producer Steve. Uh, You're going to get three shout-outs probably this episode, producer Steve. So there's one. Uh, He chatted with the Lloydminster U13 Female 3 Blazers, Alberta's finalist in this year's Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup. So we'll hear all about their initiative to help make their local rinks more accessible uh, and a great story behind their motivation to do so. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, That's coming up in just a bit. But without further ado, let's get to our first guest. Joining us now is a longtime friend and partner of Hockey Alberta and past chair of the Hockey Alberta Foundation. It's John Winwick, the VP of Community Initiatives with ATB Financial, one of Hockey Alberta's biggest partners. So, John, thanks a lot for joining us, taking the time to do this. Happy to be here, Ted. Always good to chat with you, buddy. Yeah, and it's always great, too, to be able to to highlight uh, a partner of Hockey Alberta's, especially such a big one. And as I mentioned, ATB has been a great partner of Hockey Alberta for a long, long time, has been the presenting sponsor of the Hockey Alberta Provincial Championships for, well, at least as long as I've been here, so six, seven years. And uh, again, it's just starting up again. The provincials are, are just getting underway around the province. So how great is it just to not only see hockey back on the ice, but to get to see all these communities now across the province host provincials for the first time since 2019. 
Well, I mean, I think we've all been uh, waiting uh, patiently for the last two years. And I know Hockey Alberta has, uh, no pun intended, stick handled this quite well uh, to manage COVID and uh, the kids getting to play. But yeah, I mean, we couldn't be happier uh, from ATB standpoint, my personal standpoint, to see these kids back playing for you know, the ultimate goal, which is a provincial championship. So, uh, I mean, my Twitter feed has been lighting up for the last week uh, with teams advancing along and winning their uh, divisions. So it's great. And of course, we love every time that banner's rolled out, there's a big ATB at the bottom saying uh, proud sponsor of Hockey Alberta and the provincials. So it's been great. And that longstanding partnership now, you know, for ATB, why are the provincial championships such a perfect fit? I think there's a couple reasons. Uh, one, the relationship with Hockey Alberta has has been there and we support it for a few reasons. One, hockey is probably the most visible and prominent sport in the province. So we get to connect with Albertans across the, the entire province through hockey. Um, ATB's kind of put a, a stake in the sand or a line in the sand in regards to hockey. We think it's... Uh, phenomenal for not only uh, personal development for kids, they learn life skills when they play hockey. But what we've also seen in the past few years, and this is part of Hockey Alberta, which I am so proud to be involved with, um, just the work in the immigrant community, LGBTQ+, plus, uh, female hockey, right? The women's hockey component, which I think only is going to continue to grow, which is fantastic. It covers, it ticks off a lot of boxes for us in terms of how we support the community. And uh, back to the provincials aspect, I mean, you learn so much from team events, kids as they grow up. And I think I tweeted just a couple of days ago about, you know, win or lose, kids benefit from competing. And you learn life lessons from both victory and losses. So, you know, Hockey Alberta has been a great partner of ours. It's given us lots of opportunity to connect with Albertans in a very unique way. And uh, yeah, we've enjoyed the partnership. It's been great. And ATB has done a great job at using the provincials and taking uh, using that opportunity to connect with teams and, and communities across Alberta. I know, I think over the years, ATB has had a branch in all of, if not just about every host community that we've had in the provincials. So what are some of the ways that ATB has been active in the communities at those provincial championships? Yeah, I mean, over the years, I got I have an amazing staff member that works with your uh, your team, frontline people. Uh, Chris Noble um, works at Edmonton, and basically, what we've said to Chris is, how do we elevate the opportunity for these local regions? Um, I mean, we're in over three hundred locations across the province. So you're right, we're pretty well in every major community. And so we either have a branch or an agency there. And we've done everything from, you know, uh, starter kits to help out the local fundraisers, you know, everything from cowbells that we had created a few years ago to silent auction items and all the above. And then in each different market where we have an ATB branch really involved, we've stepped out of the box and done a few different things here and there. We've done some Oilers jerseys, Flames jerseys, tried to do some sweet tickets for a couple of games here and there just to help local organizers. But it's all kind of been grassroots on the local level that uh, each of the branches or the regions have supported. So it's it's been very positive and we get a lot of love and feedback from uh, not only clients that appreciate that ATB is there to partner, but non-clients, which I really like. Um, it just means you're being noticed in the marketplace. So that's great. And I know for myself, you know, this time of year, even though it's busy, I love going around, going to different provincial champions. 
championships uh, and meeting the people who who help make it happen, right? The the real heroes of hockey that are often behind the scenes. So on the ATB side, um, both for yourself and just everyone at ATB, how have you seen, I guess, that involvement at the the provincial championships kind of help the ATB staff grow on a, a personal and professional level as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think what I've seen, uh, which has really surprised me, Ted, over the years is how much our local branch staff or our business units in the different areas. We have three lines of business, uh, our retail branch network, our wealth division, and our business division. And inevitably, in every one of those communities, we've got somebody involved. And then I, I hear from them after the fact to say, thanks, it was great. My child was playing or I was coaching or I was just a volunteer. And uh, never surprises me that we've got numerous people involved uh, on those committees helping out and uh, just just shows, I mean, I don't think ATB does a good enough job of this, but our involvement in the community from our staff is through the roof. We're a, we're a purpose-driven organization. And when I say that, I, um, let me clarify, purpose-driven organizations are all about making money and doing uh, and really being effective at the business that they do. So we want to be the best at giving loans, deposits, uh, wealth management advice, all the above. But we also also what comes with that is we believe that to be a good corporate citizen, you have to give back. And that is shown by the amount of volunteer hours our employees put in. And it also shows by our involvement in community events like hockey or programs like Hockey Alberta. And I know it's it's pretty much in your job title, you know, to be the community guy and to be involved in the community. But I also know personally, it's just something that's in your blood. And I know through your role, both with ATB and the Hockey Alberta Foundation, uh, you do get to take in a lot of high level hockey events, you know, brush elbows with some pretty big names. But I also know you're a huge support supporter of the the grassroots level of hockey, like we've already gone over a little bit. Uh, What is it about the game in general that just drives you to be such a big part of it and and to constantly give back? Well, I mean, giving back has always been in my DNA. Um, I... My dad, uh, long since passed, but my dad was involved with Kinsman Rotary, and he kind of showed me the importance of giving back to your community at an early age. So I, I've carried that forward through my my father and my mom, and my, my family has always thought about community first. As far as hockey, I mean, I grew up uh, with three sisters, no brothers. Uh, my parents got me into hockey. I was a, a block away from a rink when I grew up, and I lived basically at the rink, summer and winter, to be honest. Uh, if we weren't playing hockey there in the in the winter, we were shooting the ball around in the summer on the concrete surface. So hockey's just given me so many friends and skills, everything from discipline to uh, learning how to manage defeat to, you know, working out more and being better, uh, working on your skills. All of that translates into business on a day-to-day basis. So I'm very lucky to be able to give back to a sport that has given me so much. And just hockey, I think it's a connector. And I think in today's day, with the work that, and I just love what we've done with Hockey Alberta on the foundation side, but Hockey Alberta is bringing in immigrants and showing them the benefits of hockey and how to truly get involved with Canada. Um, I mean, it's probably the biggest Canadian outside of maple syrup, there's there's hockey. And it's great to see immigrants and uh, LGBTQ+, all, all of those different components coming together around one sport, 
Uh, and I don't think it's ever been as big and I think it's going to continue to get bigger. So at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a labor of love. Um, I work with good people at the foundation. Um, it's gone back quite a few years now to our old executive director, Scott Robinson, to uh, our uh, friend, Tim Lear today and numerous other people that I've worked with like yourself. So long-winded answer, but uh, I, I could give back for the next 20 years of my life to hockey and I probably won't get a tenth of what it's given me. So, And that, that rolls perfectly into talking a bit more about the Hockey Alberta Foundation because I know, again, at least as long as I've been here, you've been a part of the foundation. Your uh, past chair has been a, been a big part of your, uh, not just your professional life, but obviously your personal life. If you can kind of just share, I mean, how long you've been involved with the foundation and what led you to the Hockey Alberta Foundation specifically. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I can't remember, Ted, to be honest, how long, I've been there. Uh, I think I've been through about four or five different chairs. Um, and then I got the privilege to step up. And now I'm working with Dennis uh, Zakuski, who's our, uh, as the, I'm the past chair. But it, yeah, it's been a labor of love. I got involved because I had my boss knew uh, Scott Robinson, the previous executive director, and they had a, they had a need for uh, some volunteers. And I put my hand up. Got lucky enough to get into the foundation. And at the same time, uh, Hockey Alberta was looking uh, for some sponsorship and it correlated really well with what ATB was trying to drive at that time. So the two have gone kind of hand in hand over the years, but it, uh, it really started just because of a friend of a friend knew somebody on the board. And then I got introduced to Scott. Scott and I had a, and still to this day, have a very close friendship and we've become golf buddies, as you know. Yeah. And then Tim and I, since he's been on the board, we've become close friends and, and I've made a ton of friends through, uh, I mean, people like yourself, Ted, and numerous others that I have uh, I get to work with. And then, of course, the Hockey Alberta Foundation Golf Tournament, where I get to help out a little bit with some of my contacts uh, through the NHL, some good friends like Jordan Eberle and Mark Giordano and, and others. So, yeah, it, it's just... Uh, a labor of love, you know, you get to do hockey and you get to do some golf in the summer and meet some really cool people. So really good. Well, I appreciate you on the record calling me your friend. I'm going to save that clip and, uh, <laughs> and keep it forever. But do you, do you have, uh, I guess, one moment or one thing that stands out? Obviously, you, and, you have been a part of a lot of big accomplishments and a lot of steps forward for the Hockey Alberta Foundation in your time with the board. Is there, is there anything in particular or a couple of things that stand out? Uh, just where you've seen uh, the game grow and the ability to get more kids in the game grow? Yeah, I, that's a phenomenal question. And, and what I would say, I don't think there's just one. And I've, in my head, I've always thought of as, a, as a, a laddered approach that we have tried to build over the past, I think it's, you know, 15 years that I've been involved or however long it is. I think it's around there. Maybe it's a little less. We have tried to build the Hockey, the Hockey Alberta Foundation. A lot of people don't know. I think we're the only foundation in Canada uh, with, uh, you know, a board like Hockey Alberta has its board. And then we have a separate board for the Hockey Alberta Foundation. So seeing that start and then the steps we've taken along the way to elevate the visibility, the awareness so that people know who, to, who they can give money to uh, and to support. I guess the, the best part is we built up relationships with numerous partners and those are starting to slowly show fruition. And that, you know, the best example would be two groups that I deal with on a on an almost daily basis: the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. 
we've built up great relationships and partnerships with them to the point that, you know, I think the Oilers gave the foundation 1.5 million this year because of their amazing success with their lottery. Um, And they reached out to us and said, it's going to be difficult for us to reach these communities. We know you can do it. We'd love for you to do it on our behalf. And so kudos to them for reaching out to us. But those relationships took years to develop and to stay in front of uh, Natalie at the Oilers and the same thing with Candace and the Flames and even their senior exec just to stay on the radar. So for me, I guess the biggest piece is that we are on the radar of organizations like Hockey Canada, Oilers, Flames, and we're only going to continue to build that. And we're in a good spot. We're starting to make some really good inroads into communities and everything from, you know, kid sport to, you know, Brick Comedy's uh, equipment place and uh, Sports Central and Edmonton. Um, and then all the work we're doing in the smaller communities to help kids gain access to hockey. And I, I see these reports come back out from our executive director. You, you probably pulled them together, uh, Ted, through your group, but these video clips that show us the work we've done helping a kid in Northern Alberta or Southeast Alberta getting access to equipment for the first time so they can play, getting them ice time, coaching, mentoring, all that. When you see that, it just makes all the work you do behind the scenes worth it. Oh, and you kind of kind of touched on this a little bit already, but now looking ahead for the Hockey Alberta Foundation, like you said, you had the the big grant from the Oilers Community Foundation, and really able to do a, a lot lot more and reach more people and and do some new stuff. So, what is what lies ahead now for the Hockey Alberta Foundation? I guess when we look into the quote unquote off season for hockey. Um, so I think we're, uh, we are looking at um, targeting some net new events that could raise, you know, over time, uh, some bigger dollars for us. Our biggest issue um, is generating revenue that will cover off our management expenses and all the key, uh, key uh, costs behind the scenes. So we, we kind of get funding from our partners and from people to help us. And, and typically that money comes in and the majority of it goes right back out and we manage it for them, like the Oilers and the Flames. And so the toughest thing for us is our expense management and the cost to raise funds. And so we're always working on generating more revenue for that side of the, of the uh, ledger. So uh, we're looking at a new event, could be as soon as this year, maybe next year, a uh, close friend of ours, Curtis Glencross, has uh, a really cool concept that we're working on. And then I think overall for the foundation, and I won't speak on behalf of Dennis, but I think the vision for the foundation is to continue to build on our awareness uh, so people know what it is we do and when they are thinking of a charity to help that we're on their radar. And we're certainly doing some good work around social media getting in front of people. And then I guess the final piece would be uh, we've got really good governance on the foundation and and over time, you know, guys like me will move off and new people will come in and just making sure that we're ready for the next step and we're bringing the right people in. So again, lots to look forward to. And again, last two years, you know, goes without saying has been tough for everyone, foundations included. And I know one really cool trend that we saw growing uh, before I guess before the pandemic hit was uh, 
uh, teams or more specifically associations around the province too have kind of partnered with the Hockey Alberta Foundation to host events like speaker series. Uh, I know we had a, a comedy night out in Kalmar too. So is that something too? hopefully uh, looking to, to start doing again more and remind teams that, you know, the Hockey Alberta Foundation is here to partner with and can really help host a, a great event? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I think, as you know, we've done uh, speaker series over across the province, numerous spots, Calmar, Lethbridge, uh, GP, Fort McMurray, all the above. So we still have an eye on those. And those are amazing for awareness and communities. And when we do that, um, we certainly see them aware of us and we're on their radar and those won't go away. There's still, you know, we've got third parties that we really target. Uh, I can't remember the the event. There's a comedy event coming up in Red Deer soon, right? Ted, maybe you remember the name of the group that they're involved with. It's a, uh, a yeah, that's the the Piper Creek Optimist Club. Yeah. That yeah, that yeah. I yeah, yeah actually they that? got a they got a really bad MC for that night, but it, it should be a fun night. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's you, Ted. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're saving costs wherever we can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so groups like that, where we get to partner and they say, you're a great charity, we'd love to partner with you. So I think you're going to see more of us continue uh, along those ways, just partnering with the right organizations. So, and I think uh, as an example, Tim reached out to me last week via email and said, you know, would you guys participate in some capacity? And I, I think we're going to help out uh, cover the cost of one of the comedians or something like that. So that's the way we can play a role, help out uh, local groups doing good things in the community and away we go. But yeah, we'll continue to mix, mingle, do all that kind of stuff there and uh, build connections. So then I can say again from the, the Piper Creek Optimist Club side and as a partner of the foundation, a great resource uh, to really help, you know, with with the reach the foundation has and some of the people they can bring in and, and yourself as well on the ATB side, uh, a great resource uh, to host a great event and raise some money for a great cause. So uh, last question for you, because we, we won't keep you too much longer, but for yourself, I know you believe you invented the toe drag, at I, least that's what Twitter says you did. Um, yeah. But again, you know, Hawk. Playing hockey uh, was not a didn't turn into a career for yourself as it doesn't for most of us. But I know uh, for my side as well, just so many ways to stay involved in the game, uh, both on a personal and professional side. And I, I guess uh, you and I are both proof that y- you can be a part of the game. So uh, how important is that to you that uh, pretty much every day uh, hockey is still a big part of your life? And I guess kind of just goes to show everyone that, hey, like stick with the game even after you're done playing. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ted. I, I deal with this literally daily. People ask, you know, why are you involved? Why are you still involved with hockey? And, uh, you know, why are you spending so much time on, on this board and doing doing work with this group, et cetera, et cetera? I had nine nephews and one niece, uh, and this could be just our family, but they all played hockey. And uh, a couple of them played junior, one went to the dub. The other ones just played, you know, up to junior or finished in midget, but they all still play. I still play beer league hockey. It's uh, a passion for me. I, you know, I'll play it as long as my body will allow me to. Um, I got sidelined this year because I cracked my ribs playing hockey, but um, I'll be back. I play summer hockey once uh, once a week. I go out and skate in Calgary. And at the end of the day, hockey uh, to me is just about the friendships that you make, number one. 
and I'm going to quote, and it, it could be the wrong person, but I, I think it was Larry Robinson that said, from the Montreal Canadiens, that said, what I will miss the most about the game isn't the, you know, 60 minutes that we played on the ice. It was the 30 minutes before the game and the hour after the game with my friends and the jokes and the stories and all the above. To me, that's what hockey is. It's the jokes. It's the friendships you create. And uh, hockey's just been so beneficial to so many people. And I've seen the impact it's had on my family over the years. Um, my mom, who's in her 80s, still makes sure she watches hockey when she can. She knew that I became close friends with Jordan Eberle and immediately she was a Jordan Eberle fan. And then I moved to Calgary and met a good buddy of mine that uh, used to be the Flames captain. And now she's a Giordano fan. She might have to start cheering for the Leafs, which is awkward, but it's just a phenomenal sport that I think affects all people. And I think in this country, we should take some pride in, in uh, what we've done, both on the men's and the women's stage so a lot of pride there and a lot of lot of love for the game. And I, I hope to stay involved for years to come. Oh, well, that's a, a great note to end on. And again, your passion for the game shows why you yourself and ATB as a whole, uh, such a great partner of Hockey Alberta. So John, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know, uh, I guess there's no no slow time of the year for you, but again, a, a great way to, to, to kind of kick off provincials and, and get excited for provincials. So I know I always appreciate every chance to talk to you because as it is on record, we're, we're friends. And I'm gonna oh, yeah. gonna keep that forever. But uh, just a great chance to again highlight someone who's a, a, a huge driving force behind hockey in our province. So again, thank you for doing this. Uh, take care, and I'm sure we'll see you around the province here in the, the next couple of weeks. You bet. I am. Uh, I'm on the the download right now because I'm just managing a cold. Uh, but once uh, I'm cleared to get out again, I'm going to be taking in quite a few games uh, in the local communities and. Uh, looking for some of those final games uh, for provincials and cheering on both teams at the same time. So look forward to seeing you soon, Ted. Cheers. Thank you again to our good friend John Windwick for joining the show. Uh, as you can see there, a lot of passion for the game on both a personal and professional level. So it's always nice to feature some of the incredible people and organizations Hockey Alberta is lucky enough to partner with to help keep the game going across the province. And before we get to Kevin Strybosch's 17-person interview, uh, his interview with the Lloydminster U13 female Blazers, it's time to take a look at what else is going on in the hockey world around Alberta. So here's what you need to know. As the Provincials roll on, Hockey Alberta's first ever Progressive 50-50 draw is also rolling on with a starting prize of $10,000. So that's guaranteed no matter what, so you're gonna wanna get your tickets. Ticket sales will remain open until April 10th with two more early bird draws on Sunday, March 27th and Sunday, April 3rd. So if you get your tickets before 6 p.m. on March 27th, you'll also have a chance to win four loge seating tickets to the Edmonton Oilers game on April 9th against the Colorado Avalanche. So chance to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr and more all sharing the ice at the same time. Uh, doesn't really sound too bad. Plus, you'll also be eligible to win the April 3rd Early Bird Prize, a weekend getaway in Canmore, which will include a Ford Mustang rental, courtesy of our partners at Lacombe Ford, a two-night stay at the Solera Resort, and gift cards to local restaurants and for entertainment as well. So, make sure you get your tickets right away for that so you're eligible not only for that grand prize, but for those Early Bird Prizes as well. 
All proceeds from the 50-50 draw will go towards enhancing player programming and coaching development across the province. So to get your tickets or for more information, you can head to hockeyalberta.ca slash 5050. And springtime also means the return of the Alberta Cup, Alberta Challenge and Prospects Cup, all three of which will be hosted in Red Deer at the Gary W. Harris Canada Games Centre at the end of April and the first few weeks of May, which is the first time Hockey Alberta will host all three events back to back to back in the same place. So we're looking for volunteers to help us with one, two, or even all three events if you're feeling extra motivated. Uh, there are lots of positions available, including off-ice officials, ticket scanners, 50-50 sellers, ceremony and special event volunteers, live streaming volunteers, and more. I can tell you from experience that these events are a lot of fun to be a part of. Uh, really a great experience, great memory. You'll meet a ton of great people along the way. So if you are interested in volunteering or know someone who is, you can find out more at hockeyalberta.ca. And I talked about this last episode, the date has since changed, but the What's Next online session for 2004 born hockey players and their parents is set to go April 5th via Zoom, focusing on the opportunities that lie ahead for players who are graduating from minor hockey. It's a free one hour session and will provide a lot of great information on playing junior or senior hockey or moving into coaching or officiating. So if that interests you, head to hockeyalberta.ca to sign up. And on that note, registration is also open for Hockey Alberta's Future Coaches program, which educates U18 level male and female hockey players in the areas of coaching, skill instruction, and leadership. You have the option to attend the program virtually on April 23rd and 24th, or in person in Calgary on April 29th and 30th. The cost to register is $20 plus GST, which will include a coaching starter kit and a Gatorade game day package. So for more information or to register, as always, you know where to go, hockeyalberta.ca. Lastly, a quick shout out to the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation and the Edmonton Oil Kings, who, through their partnership with Hockey Alberta and the Hockey Alberta Foundation, helped us host Hockey Alberta Team Night at an Oil Kings game, generously providing 5,000 free tickets for us to distribute to any minor hockey teams who are interested in attending. So we were able to send around 150 teams to watch the Oil Kings play, which really served as a great team wrap up for those teams. Uh, and I'd be remiss as well if I didn't give a shout out to Stacy Pattison from Hockey Alberta, who had the unenviable job of sorting through all those ticket requests, communicating with all the teams to ensure they could get tickets to the game. Uh, but again, in the end was great to be able to send so many teams to the game uh, to get to take that all in one last uh, team event for the year so thank you to the edmonton oilers community foundation the edmonton oil kings and of course to all the teams uh, who took part in that and went and enjoyed the game and that's what you need to know hello and welcome to the center ice podcast my name is kevin strybosch and i'm excited to be welcoming the lloydminster blazers female u13 team three team who are the alberta regional finalists for this year's chevrolet good deeds cup this year the good deeds cup had a new purpose to rally together to make hockey more inclusive since december youth hockey teams have been completing good deeds in their communities focused on making the game more inclusive and now each province has a regional finalist that can be voted on until april 2nd the winning team will receive a hundred thousand dollars to donate to a 
needy and charity of their choice. So from the team today, we are joined by three coaches, Justin, Alyssa, and Joe, along with players, Katie, Madison, Bree, Michaela, Alexis, Sawyer, Ava, Grace, Presley, Lily, Rose, Larissa, Ella, and Sabri. So we'll start off here with the player questions. Uh, and Ella, I'm going to start with you first. So can you just tell me a little bit about the good deed that your team chose to work on? The good deeds that we chose to work on was we introduced sledge hockey and we also taught it. And we talked to the city of Lloydminster about the new rinks that they're building to make it inclusive for everyone and accessible. Awesome. And Lily, I'm going to come to you for the next one here. So uh, why was it important for your team to embark on this good deed? And why did you want to see it through? Um, well, we picked a good deed um, mostly for like, so Maddie's dad could like work in the box at our games, but not only for Maddie's dad, but for other people so they can like, it'd be accessible so they can work in the box or like volunteer or have a good have a good view from the stand without like a bar in their face. Awesome. And Rose, what has been done at the arena since you started trying to make it more accessible? Has it, has the city helped out at all with anything uh, around the arena? I'm not sure that they could change really anything because it's more of the like exterior, but um, we did say that we needed like wider doors and uh, bars that weren't at uh, people's eye level because when we tried out the wheelchairs, they were right there. And the girls spoke in front of the city as they were doing some planning for the new arenas they're actually going to be building here in Lloydminster. And this is a big part of our thing is that the new arenas, when they're built, uh, just to not make, make any mistakes or miss any of the things that the girls encountered in their experience around uh, the arenas. Our multiplex here in Lloydminster, I'm sure a lot of folks have been and been in that facility. And as much as it's a great facility and seems like there shouldn't be any issues, um, we had some wheelchairs and some uh, pushing stroller type things for the elderly that uh, after practice, the girls took a rip around the facility and found actually a lot of areas where getting into the field house, they weren't able to access the score box. Uh, and as the girls mentioned, one of our dads, Ash, is in a wheelchair and for him to get in there, it just isn't feasible right now. And um, all these concerns were brought forward to the city. Uh, like Rose mentioned, you know, getting them fixed right now isn't going to be an instant thing, but it has been brought up. They've been alerted to it. And as funding becomes available, I'm sure it's something they'll strive to make um, every part of the game, not just playing it, but uh, accessible to all our parents and, and grandparents and family members. Sabri, I'll come to you next. Um, we'll just talk a little bit about the Good Deeds Cup. So at what point did you learn about the Good Deeds Cup uh, and decide that you were going to put an entry forward? We met with the city on January 4th. And then next week, we had a sledge hockey um, event and submitted um, February 27th. Okay. And Larissa, uh, I'll open this one up to anyone on the team as well. But Larissa, I'll come to you first. So through the process, what were some of the things that you learned about accessibility? I learned about accessibility because like when we were around in wheelchairs, like the, the bars were right at our eye level. So it was hard for people to see the ring. and. When we went into the dressing rooms, the doors were really heavy to open. So we need like lighter doors or like buttons to help open the doors. And when we went to go out onto the ice, we couldn't because there was a bump, like a step and the wheelchairs can't get over that. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, and Madison, so what was it like for the team when you actually learned that you were going to become the regional finalist for Alberta for the Good Deeds Cup? Um, it was awesome. Everyone was really excited how we won. 
And we're really happy that we might be able to make these changes to Lidminster. Nice. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Can you just tell me a little bit about how you found out uh, that you became the regional finalist? Um, we were doing the scavenger hunt for a team men party. And one of the things is to go to the Chevrolet. And we got announced that we won. We had a banner and people dropped balloons on us. And it was really fun. Nice. That sounds awesome. Now, Justin, I'll come to you for some questions about the coaches. First, just what has it meant to you and the other other members of the coaching staff to see all the work that the teams put into this initiative? It's really been amazing, you know, like as volunteers ourselves, like I was coaching four teams this winter and like having a lot of extra time, it was hard, like even at the start of this, but, you know, we kind of really haven't gone over. They did, the girls did mention, we had a sledge hockey evening and we scheduled on a Friday night and we were super excited to experience that part of the game and to be in a sledge and see what that's like. And, uh, but deep down, we were really, really sure what attendance was going to be like. We had three hours booked at the arena and, uh, I actually had another practice going on during that time and, and was there helping get people into sledges and ready and then had to take off and coach a practice and came back and there were people lined up. Our girls were involved getting people in the sledges, like running the front entryway, making sure they were welcomed and registered and then signed up. And, uh, you know, we saw the team on the ice. We saw the team in the dressing room. We knew how committed the game they were uh, and to this team itself, but watching them do what we do as well, right? Volunteer um, and Joe and Alyssa and myself, like put a lot of work into this team, but seeing them put it back into this, you know, in the videos we've put together, the girls all wrote down the things they wanted to say to the city when we were addressing them about uh, potential concerns that we would have from things we've seen for the new arena to a girl, every single one of them gave a hundred percent effort to make sure that our submission was legit and to really say that our, our cause is, is warranted. And I think uh, the city was on board right away with it. And just to see the steps of it going, you know, the, the city to have our back and Lloydminster Minor Hockey Association to have our back and then to have it be announced that they won and became the regional finalists and knowing Hockey Alberta would do the same for us and really seeing it uh, at a global scale here. And we're just trying to keep pushing on and asking people for their votes every day. And uh we're really proud of the group. Obviously, we've loved every part of it. It's really shown us something more than the game. And uh, it's just it's just so important. We're very proud. Yeah, it is really impressive, everything that they've accomplished. And I've only got to see kind of the uh, what the public's been seeing through the video and all that. Um, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit just about how the coaching staff has gotten involved. But do you mind just expanding on that a little bit and how... Uh, the coaching staff kind of help the team out and and grow this initiative. Well, as you guys know from playing hockey, like the coaching staff is one thing, but I always say like you know a good team is is the girls, is the coaches. It goes out to the parents and siblings and grandparents, and are really our coaching staff when it came to you know this this part of our season, the Good Deeds Cup here, as it's extended our year. It really has kind of branched out even more to like all our mothers getting involved with you know pushes on social media and helping to line up interviews and helping to uh, make videos and get get banners out qr codes is one thing we're trying to plaster all around the city so it's the ease of accessibility for people to vote it only takes about 45 seconds if you have the right link sent to your qr code to access so as much as we'd love to take the credit i really think our coaching staff has just kind of helped the girls stay focused on the task at hand like you do in a game i guess in a practice but uh it's really expanded to all our parents, which I mean, most times successful teams, you have that anyway. And uh, we're really all just kind of focused on the end goal here. And uh, we're proud of our whole group, even like I said, even to the parents. And like it's been it's been a team effort, really, top to bottom. So we're very happy. 
No, that sounds uh, amazing. Um, I am going to switch gears for this next question here. And Bree, I'll be coming to you on this one. So I know part of your team uh, was able to participate in Hockey Alberta's Female Hockey Day that we ran up in Lloydminster back in January. Uh, So I just want to ask, what was that experience like for you? Well, it was really fun. We got to start with like going on the ice. We got to do like a mini practice. And then we got to do the steel house. I think we played dodgeball. Then we got to go to this team building exercise. And then we got to see with the Steelers, which was really fun. It was just a nice, fun day. Phil was like just um, embracing the female hockey league. Awesome. Uh, and Alyssa, I'll come to you uh, for this next one here because I was actually up there for the female hockey day event. And uh, it was really nice to see just how important female hockey was to the community there. So do you mind just expanding on that a little bit and what it means to you to be part of the female hockey community in Lloydminster? Oh, it's been an amazing experience. Um, this is my fourth year coaching, but only, uh, at this level for this year, um, we've had an incredible group of girls and it's amazing to get everybody to try right from beginners at age 40 to anybody, really, uh, I try to encourage anybody to come and play hockey. And so do these girls, they're actually all really, really keen on playing the game and that makes it easy to coach them as well. Awesome. And I just have one last question. I'll kind of open it up to anybody. Basically, what would it mean to you personally and for the team uh, to go on and actually win the Good Deeds Cup? Yeah, sure. Uh, Just to build off Alyssa's point quickly, you know, like we're proud of her. She's a fantastic female coach and still playing the game, uh, which is a great example for all our girls. You know, like a lot of them have played since they were five, six years old. But we also, I think this year we had five girls that it was their first actual full season. A lot of them would have played last year but just starting the game, even in U13 and not missing a beat, like continuing to grow uh, year over year. And Lloydminster has a fantastic girls program. We're so proud of and uh, proud of this group. And that kind of ties into me, like what it would mean for us to win the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup is, you know, we're all about having people be inclusive, everybody having an opportunity to play. And we feel like Lloydminster has been a fantastic community for that with the amount of girls hockey we have here uh, in the community. And uh, it really is readily available to anybody who wants to play that's the best game you can name to quote Stomp and Tom. And uh, we'd just be so proud of our girls. We are, regardless of the work they've put into this. But it'd just be really nice to bring it home for Alberta and to be the first girls team to win it uh, would be a very cool, a very cool thing for us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it looks like some of the girls do have some answers here. So first off, I'll just go over to Ava. It means a lot if we could win it because... I think that just being able to be like the first team to win it, it would mean a lot. And I think that we have put a lot of work into it and I would love to see everybody else being able to play hockey. Madison, how about I'll jump to you here quick. When it would be something I'd probably carry on for the rest of my life and never forget how we won the Good Deeds Cup and make a difference in our community. And other communities will probably copy us and do the exact same things which will help all over Saskatchewan and Alberta. Awesome. Uh, And Larissa, go ahead. It would mean so much to us to know that so many more people could play our game. And like, even if they have a disability, they can come and try hockey for themselves. Or if they're old and don't want to skate, they can come and sit in the sledge and try it out. And it would be nice to be the first girls team to win. Awesome. All right, Michaela, go ahead. Um, I had a cousin who had autism and it would have been nice, like, because he had disabilities, he had autism, and it would have been nice if, you know, it came sooner and he could try out in a sledge 
and you know all those people out there and you know we could teach him and there should be families out there who don't miss that chance you, you can vote every day um and this saturday coming up is a big day for us everybody can vote 10 times per email address um so alberta we need your help let's uh, get some votes going if we can here this weekend especially on saturday our girls are worth it they worked hard and uh, we appreciate your support 100 percent uh, vote every day if you can and uh thank you so much for supporting us kevin you guys having us on the podcast we appreciate it well thank you so much all for uh for your time today uh it means a lot to us that you could join us on the podcast and um, best of luck during the voting process so voting for the good deeds cup is open until april 2nd and to vote for the lloydminster blazers you can head to chevrolet.ca good deeds cup where the link is also available on hockeyalberta.ca a huge thank you again to the Lloydminster Blazers for all coming together for that interview. We wish you the very best of luck in the Good Deeds Cup. Uh, such an incredibly thoughtful initiative they came up with. So go vote now and vote every day until April 2nd because with every vote, $1 will be donated to the HC Assist Fund as well. So two really good reasons to head to the Chevy Good Deeds Cup page and vote. And of course, a big thank you to Kevin Strybosch for organizing and leading that interview. And another shout out to producer Steve as well, because I know the two of them uh, worked with the team to, to organize that. And again, my head is spinning just thinking of trying to interview 17 people at once. Uh, it turned out great. If you are just listening on the podcast app right now, I do suggest actually going and watching the interview on YouTube. Uh, it'll bring a big smile to your face just seeing the, the team all on there and how passionately they talk about their initiative. So uh, in saying that, I realize I actually have never done a full plug for Hockey Alberta's YouTube page or social media. Uh, so hey, never too late to start right so if you haven't already subscribe to our youtube page for more great content follow us on social media instagram twitter and facebook and linkedin and if you enjoy the podcast uh you're listening on apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review and hey you know what even if you don't really enjoy the podcast leave us a review as well because all feedback is good feedback so 22 episodes in i finally remembered to do that so great work ted and with that, another episode of Center Ice comes to a close. So one last thank you to our guest, John Windwick from ATB, and the entire Lloydminster Blazers U13 female team, uh, and to 17-person interview expert, Kevin Strybosch. And of course, another shout-out, number three, the last one, to producer Steve for keeping things going behind the scenes. But most of all, thank you for tuning in. I'm Ted Emmett, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to HockeyAlberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at HockeyAlberta.ca.